All right. If you would just be seated. Let's get right into the word tonight. Are you ready? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, you know, Wednesday nights, it's more like Bible study. So tonight we are going to study our Bibles. Amen. Good Christmas. Great Christmas. Excellent. If you would go ahead and turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. And I believe tonight's concluding our God's will to prosper. We know our foundational scriptures, 3 John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. And God has been so good to us to showing us chapter after chapter, verse after verse, scripture after scripture, that it is God's will for us to prosper. Amen. And we know it's to the degree that we prosper in our soul determines the degree that we prosper out here and that we're all a work in progress, right? We're all growing, we're all learning, and tonight we come with open hearts and open minds, right? And tonight we're going to talk about different levels of faith concerning prosperity. And so I just want to give you those levels and we'll go back and we'll touch on them and pick up on them throughout tonight and... And so if you're taking notes, and hopefully you are, so one level of faith is, is just no faith. You know, a person has no faith for God to increase them, and, and they wish, and they just, uh, that's just where they're at. They just don't believe that God wants us to prosper, but we've discovered that through God's Word, which is God's will, that it is God's will that we prosper, right? Amen. So the next level of, of, of faith concerning our finances would be payment faith. That what, what kind of payment can we believe God for concerning our, our cars, our houses, you know, that we believe it takes faith uh, to, to believe God to, for Him to bring in the money to make the payment, doesn't it? The next level of faith. Now, before we go on, I, just, I want all of us to take a deep breath. Because there's freedom here tonight. that we've been painting pictures of God's will for us to prosper and increase in every area of our life, right? right. But it's a process. It's a process. And sometimes we can hear the word concerning what God wants us to have physically, financially, but that doesn't paint the picture that our life is right now. So it's important for us to be real with ourselves that, okay, this is where we're at. But this is where God wants us to go. And it's about us in the, the journey between here and there of us knowing Him and becoming the best us that we can be. Right. That it's a journey. Amen. And we're all in agreement with one another that, that we're growing, right? Right. Yeah. And so maybe you're here tonight and maybe you're at level one. You just haven't had any faith concerning. Of course, you're saved. You're born again. You have the measure of faith. But when it comes to finances, they're just. But if you've been in this house, you have some faith for increase. Amen. Right? Amen. The second level is payment faith. That, that Where are we at being real with ourselves? You know, Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. It's a scripture that we all say and we all know that my God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory. By Christ Jesus, right? Yeah. That God doesn't meet our needs according to our needs. That's right. He meets our needs according to His riches. Amen. Yeah. 
according to always means the set standard. That God meets our need according to the standard, His riches. But it's us being real with ourselves. Okay, Lord, what, what can I believe you for? Really, what, what can? Because it doesn't do us any good to start out believing God for a million dollars if we can't believe God for a pair of socks. Right? It's like the beginning of the year, you're going to go to all the... You could drive through town and go to all the gyms and they're going to be jam-packed. Right? And we've talked about this. They're going to show up and they're going to work out and they're going to be sore for the first week and they're going to throw in the towel. Most people... Not you. But why, why is that? Because they bought off more than they can chew. They, they tried to jump somewhere that they're not at yet. And it says, that's just a biblical principle. We, but we can take it in steps. We can take it in levels, right? And so the, the next level, the third level of faith concerning finances would be the pay it off faith. That it takes faith to believe God for us to make our payments... And to pay the bills, right? But then it also, the next level of faith would be payment, uh, to, to pay it off faith. Or we're going to pay it off early faith. That's right. Come on. That, okay, it's good that we're adding a little bit here and a little bit there. But in order for us to pay it off early, we've got to increase our faith to believe God for chunks to come in to pay it off early. Yeah. And then the, the fourth level, the next level of faith, and this is where God wants us to get to, each and every one of us, it is... That we grow, that we sow, that we believe it in, and that God just increases us, that we believe it in. We, we, we live in houses that we didn't build. We, we walk in wealth that we didn't work for, that it's not saving it, it's not borrowing, and it's, it's, it's not something that, yes, we worked hard, and it's our education, and it's this, and it's that. It's just the goodness of God just overwhelms us, and nobody can deny that it is the blessing of God that has made us rich. And adds no sorrow to it, right? So Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. And we'll go back and we'll go over those as we go along tonight. Verse 10 in the Amplified Translation, it says, Now I was made very happy in the Lord, Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. I was made very happy in the Lord that now you have revived your interest in my welfare after so long a time. Now what Paul's talking about right here is, is he is just pumped because of the offering that came in. I mean, he was just overwhelmed with the, just the giving that took place here. And he says that you revived your interest after so long a time and you were indeed thinking of me, but you had no opportunity to show it. Had no opportunity to show it, so they were given an opportunity. You know, it's important for us to look for opportunities to be a blessing. That we're always looking for opportunities to be a blessing, right? And he goes on to say, verse 11, Now that I am implying, not that I'm implying that I was in any personal want, for I have learned. Say learned. learned. Not, not you, you weren't born with this. He wouldn't say I was born with this, but I've learned how to be content, satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or disquieted in whatever state I am. I know how. To be abased and live, in hum live humbly in straitened circumstances. And I know also how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. I have learned in any and all circumstances the secret of facing every situation, whether well-fed or going hungry, having sufficiency and enough to spare, and going without and being in want. I have strength for all things in Christ 
who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. So you see in verse 11 right here, let's go back and pick this up uh, in the New King James Version. Verse 11 says, Now, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. To be content. He says, I've learned some things, and because I've learned some things, I know how. Because I learned how to ride a bike, now I know how to ride a bike. I learned how to make a sandwich, so now I know how to make a sandwich. He said, I've learned to be content. The word content doesn't mean not to believe God for increase. The word content means that we're grateful. And we're appreciative. And we're overflowing with thankfulness for everything that God has given us. He says, I've learned that whether I have a lot of money, I'm content. Whether I have no money, I'm content. Whether I live in a big house, I'm content. Whether I live in a small house, I'm content. Where are you at? We've got to ask ourselves, am I truly content where I'm at? Am I thankful? Am I appreciative? While we're believing God for increase and while we're believing God to step it up, am I thankful? Because no matter where you go, big house, little house, a lot of money, no money, you're there. So if you're not content with the clothes that you have, you won't be content in the new clothes. If you're not content in the small house, you won't be content in the big house. If you're not content with your job now, you won't be content when you have your dream job. If you're not content where you're at now, you won't be content anywhere you go because anywhere you go, there you are. You can't get away from yourself. Right? Say, I'm content. And he goes on to say, verse 12, And I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now go with me to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. I'm going to read out of the Amplified Translation. Verse 5 says, Let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money. Now, now I want you to think about what content is. You're thankful, you're appreciative, you're grateful for where you're at, for what you have, for how far you've come. Just just close your eyes for a moment. Let's just put the word, let's just do the word. We're doers of the word, right? I want you to think of the food that you've eaten today. I want you to think of the clothes that you have to wear. Thank God you're not naked. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Father, we just bless you and we honor you right now. We thank you for what we have. Father, we're thankful for your provision and your goodness and and what your word has done in our life. We're thankful, Lord. We are thankful. Now I want you to take a snapshot in your soul of what that looks like to be thankful 
because that's a picture of one type of person. Now, a picture of another type of person that we're fixing to read about is a, a person that is the covetousness, where we're greedy and nothing is good enough and, and we can't get enough and we're driven by just the money and... But we're content, right? On the way to our promised land, we're content. Let's go, verse 5. It says, Let your character or moral disposition be free, say free, free, from the love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, craving for earthly possessions. Say be free, say I'm free. And be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For He, God, Himself, has said. Who said this? I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. God Himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not leave you without support. I will not leave you without support in your family. I will not leave you without support in your business. I will not leave you without support in your career. I will not leave you without support when it comes to you fulfilling what God has called you to do. I will not leave you without support. He says, I will not. I will not. I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confident and boldly say, the Lord is my helper The Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? I will boldly and confidently say, the Lord is helping my family. The Lord is helping our ministry. The Lord is helping this church. The Lord is helping our kids. The Lord is helping our destiny. The Lord is helping us. And He will not. He will not. Not once, not twice, not three times. Four times He says, I will not leave you helpless. I will not. And so if we truly get a hold of God will not let me down. God will not unplug His support. God will not leave me helpless. God will not relax His hold on me. He will not. We boldly say, God, You are my helper. You're helping my mind. You're helping my heart. You're helping my finances. You're helping my body. You're helping my kids. You are helping me. We boldly say. But see, only a content person can truly boldly say, my God is helping me. Mom and dad might not be helping. Grandma and grandpa might not be helping. My boss might not be helping. But God But God is helping me. God is helping me. God is helping us. God is helping us. God is helping us be faithful. God is helping us abound in the blessing. God is helping us. God himself, himself, God almighty, not in any degree. If you take, take, I just keep seeing like a, a, a bubble and just, if there's any degree, any hole in that little bubble, everything else is solid, but there's just a little hole in that bubble, that bubble's covered. And in any degree, he said, I will not in any degree leave you helpless. Yeah. 
There's not one ounce of God that is unfaithful. Not one ounce, not, not one bit. James says there's not a, a, a variableness in the shadow of his turning. Colossians chapter 3. I've got to remember we're studying our Bible or I'll just get to preaching. We're Bible studying, right? That isn't even right grammar, but you got it. <laughs> Colossians 3. Verse 1, if then you've been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing His resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 is where I'm at. Verse 2, and set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth, for as far as the world is concerned, you have died For as far as the world is concerned, you have died. And your new, real life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in the splendor of His glory. So as far as our old friends and our old family and as far as the world is concerned, you've died. And your new, real life is hidden with Christ in God. The old is gone, the new has come. The new real life, the new real life, the new new real life, it says. The real life is God's life. The real life is applying the Word. The real life is bringing our way up to His way and our thoughts up to His thoughts and our beliefs up to His beliefs, right? The real life is going where God has called and created us to go. That's the real life. The real life is to love like God loves and forgive like God forgives and be merciful like God is merciful and be gracious like God is gracious. He says that really you need to see yourself as dead and if I'm truly dead, you can spit on me, you can kick me, you can cuss me and then I ain't getting up. A dead man's dead, right? I'm not quite there yet, but I'm a work in progress. But by faith daily, I'm growing. And he goes on to say, when Christ, who is our life, appears, who is our life, who is our life, God, who is our life, God, who is our life, is God really your life? Is God really first place? Because it doesn't say when our family is our life. Or our job is our life. Or our spouse is our life. Or our kids are our life. The first law of prosperity is God being our life. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and everything else will be added unto us, right? John 17, verse 3, he says, And this is eternal life, that we may know Him. True life, real life, is knowing God. And he goes on in verse 5, and it says, So kill, dead, and deprive of power the evil desire lurking in your members, those animal impulses, and all that is earthly in you that is employed in sin, sexual vice, impurity, sensual appetites, unholy desires, and all greed and covetousness, for that is idolatry. Covetousness is idolatry. Greediness, money, 
putting other things first, even if it's our family, even if it's our kid, even if it's our anything that we put before God is idolatry. Amen. And so this is where we've got to be real with ourselves. Because we can come in here and say, oh, bless the Lord, God's number one. Right? Because we think that's, that's what we're supposed to say. But when I really look at my heart and I really look at my resources and I really look at my time, is God number one? Because in order for us to prosper God's way, in order for God to add things to us, we've got to let things that mean so much to us die. According to the word, we've got to, to let, it, let it die. I, I remember I was, you know, horses, I'm, I've grown up around horses my whole life. I and mean, that's my language. You know, God has explained his principles through things outside, you know, through horses. And I, I remember I'd worked and to become one of the top ropers in the world. And um, as my uh, rookie in the professional rodeo, you know, it was like growing up seeing uh, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, I'm kind of, you know, guys that you're just like, whoa, these are my heroes, you know, and stepping on the court with them and getting to play with them. Well, I'd come to this rope and, and I'd finally, all, it was in her three times where like one guy ropes the horns, I rope the feet. I could enter with three different partners and all three of my partners were the top guys in the world. It was like a little kid stepping into a candy store of like, wow, this is such a, you know, this is what I've believed for. I've worked for my whole life. And I spent a time with the Lord that morning in Proverbs 23, verses 1 and 2. It says, a man that is driven by his desire is like putting a knife to his throat. And it just jumped out at me that my thing that I had worked so hard for, even though it was a gift by God, even though it was part of what I was created to do as part of my journey, it was driving me instead of me stewarding it. And it was like putting a knife to my throat. That if I continued to go down that road, it would be like slitting my own throat because now this would become my God instead of Him being my God. So I went to that rope in that day and these guys, they didn't, I mean, yeah, they, they you know, they loved the Lord and, uh, but they wouldn't have understood if I told them what I was doing. But I just went to them and I said, I'm not roping today. These are, these are my, some of my heroes. I've dreamed of this day, roping with all these guys. And I went, and I told them, I'm not roping. And they're like, what? Why, why aren't you roping? I said, I'm just not roping. And I sit there, and I made myself watch that whole competition and not compete in it. Letting it know, you don't own me. That was a game changer for me. God did a work in my heart that day that changed the course of my life. And so when he's saying we got to let those things die, what, what, what is it? it? Maybe it's money. Maybe you, you, all you think about is making money, and that can be your assignment, and God wants us to increase, and God wants us to prosper. We know that it's God's will for us to prosper, right? right. But he doesn't want money to be our God. Right. Or maybe it's, maybe it's getting clothes, or maybe it's whatever, whatever that thing could be. You, you know you. Do you keep it in its place? Because if not, it's covetousness. And it says covetousness is idolatry. I don't want to serve anything but my God. Yeah. 
Because money makes a lousy God. Success makes a lousy God. But God never fails us, right? God never leaves us. He never forsakes us. Go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're studying our Bible. Thank you, Lord, for the Word. We're going to start in in verse 5. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 5. Now, remember the different levels of faith that we're talking about, different levels of prosperity, different levels of increase. There's the level one, there's no faith. You're not believing God for increase. Number two is payment faith. What can I believe God for? What kind of payments can I believe God for? The next is to pay it off faith, right? And then the next, the fourth level is we're going to grow, we're going to sow, and we're going to believe it in. Amen? First Timothy chapter 6, verse 5, it says... Uh, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain from such withdraw yourself. In other words, he's talking about gain won't make you godly. And he says, don't hang out with, with people that think that just because you have something, you're godly. He goes on in verse 6, now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with thankfulness. Godliness with appreciation. Godly with gratefulness of what I have right now is great gain. With these we should be content. Close your eyes. Let's just thank you. Father, we thank you for our clothes. We thank you for our food. We thank you for our health. We thank you for everything that we have. We are just grateful and appreciative. We are so thankful, Father. You are our source. You are our supply. We're content, Sam. Content. Verse 9, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness or covetousness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now, you know, he says, verse 9, but those who desire to be rich. Now, you know, there's a desire for increase in your heart. There's a desire that comes from God in our heart for us to prosper and increase. But he's talking about the person that has a desire to get money more than a desire to go after God. Do you have a desire to go after money more than your desire to go after God? Do you have a desire to go after your assignment more than your desire to go after God? We're being real with ourselves, right? And in verse 10, for the love of money is a root. In other words, the wrong relationship with money. It's not money in itself. Money is only an amplifier, right? Whoever has it, it amplifies who they are. If they're good, it just, they do good stuff. If they're not good, then they, just, they do bad stuff. Simple, right? Wrong relationship with money, all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. But you, he says, pursue Pursue. Notice he says, seek, aim at, strive after who? God. God just wants to be number one. 
God just wants to be first place in our life. God wants us to increase. He wants us to overcome. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to be wealthy. He wants us to be rich. He wants us to be a blessing. He wants us to be just a conduit that it comes to and through to bless the people that are around us. He wants us rich. He wants us wealthy. We've proven it in the Word of God. But He wants that to be an overflow from our pursuit of Him. We're pursuing Him. Go with me to Romans chapter 13. Because now, now with this desire to increase and the desire, we, our desire to increase comes from our desire for Him. Romans chapter 13. Now, how, how do we get these things? Because we all desire things. We all desire to increase. We all desire to prosper. And so what are some ways that we can get things? Well, we could get a gun, right? Get some things. We could lie. That'd be one way, right? We could steal. That'd be another way to get some things, right? Some of you might have done that before. That didn't work so good, did it? You know, we could wish for it. We could hope somebody dies in our family. I'm <laughs> just being real. As the people, I hope so-so dies. They're going to leave me a boatload. That's one way to get something, Right? Some of you look at me like, is he just saying that? I'm just saying what you think. <laughs> or one way to get something is, is find a briefcase full of money. That's a way, right? Or we can grow and we can sow and we can believe God. Another way, we, we, we can work. We need to work, right? We can, we can save. We can borrow. There's different ways to get it, but God wants us to grow. God wants us to sow, and God wants us to believe Him and go from faith to faith, glory to glory, to keep increasing, to be real with where we're at. But don't back off. Don't stop until we're walking in all that God has for us, right? That's where God wants us. He wants our heart after Him. He wants to be number one, and He stays number one. He promises everything else is added unto us. So let's look at uh, Romans chapter 13. And this is a a scripture that has set a lot of people free and it shut a lot of people down. (laughs) So uh, let's let's look at this in Romans chapter 13. Let's look in verse 7. And it says, render, therefore, do you have the amplified? The amplified. Uh, Verse 7, render to all men their dues, pay taxes to whom taxes are due, revenue to whom revenue is due, respect to whom respect is due, honor to whom honor is due. Now notice, he's talking about pay what you owe. If it's taxes, pay what you owe. If, if, if a person deserves respect or, or they stand in that place of an office, or he says, if, honor them. If it's theirs, respect them. If it's, if it's their, honor them. Give what is due. And he goes on in verse 8. He says, keep out of debt and owe no man anything except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor, who practices loving others, has fulfilled the law relating to one's fellow man, meeting all its requirements. Verse 8, keep out of debt and owe no man anything except to love him. What he's talking about in context there is if you owe something, pay it. Yes, God wants us to be out of debt. That is God's best. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's a process to getting there. 
It's a journey to getting there. There's levels of, okay, you see that God wants us to prosper, so I'm going to start believing God for increase. Now, what, what kind of faith is it going to take for me to believe God to pay my bills, to pay for my car, to pay for my house? Then the next level is what kind of faith is it going to take to bring in extra chunks of finances to pay something off early? Then yes, ultimately, God wants us to be free from debt. But don't get condemned because you're not where somebody else is. That's right. We're where we're at on the way to where God wants us to be. So be free being you on the way to where God wants you to be. So be free to know that we're growing, to know that we're sowing, to know that we're believing God, to know that we're coming up in our thinking, we're coming up in our believing, we're coming up in our talking, we're coming up in our giving, we're coming up on the inside, therefore we're going to come up on the outside. There's no way we can go somewhere inwardly and stay where we're out outwardly. If we grow in here, we're going to go out here. So we're going to grow, we're going to continue to sow, we're going to continue to believe God, and we're going to get to where God wants us to be. And ultimately, that is that we are the head and not the tail. We are above and we're not beneath. Amen? Amen. Go with me to um, Deuteronomy chapter 15. Deuteronomy 15. So is it a sin to borrow? I think that's a question a lot of people, if God, God doesn't want us, uh, ultimately He wants us to be the lenders, right? right? But it is not a sin to borrow. That's a part of it. Of course, be led, don't, don't be driven. But remember, let's be where we're at. Right? Just, just listen, it's on Psalms 37 verse 21, the wicked borrows and does not pay. The wicked borrows and does not pay. Going back to Romans 13, if you owe something, if you owe a bill, pay it. If you owe somebody something, pay them. Deuteronomy chapter 15. I need to get over there myself. I went to, I'm, I'm just going to read 2 Kings since I'm over there. I know why I went over there, because of, of borrowing. 2 Kings chapter 4, you can just listen if you want, or you can turn over there. Verses 1 And then it goes down to verse 7. It says, Now the wife of a son of the prophets cried to Elijah, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take my two sons to be his slaves. Now in the Old Testament, um, if somebody did not pay a debt, they could come and get your wife, come and get your kids, come and get you, um, until you paid what you owed. And so... Verse 2, Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you of sell value in your house? She said, your handmaid has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go around and... Now, who's directing her to do this? The Spirit of God is directing her to do what? You're not cussing. Some of you feel like you're cussing. (laughs) To go around and borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and not a few. He just didn't tell her to borrow just a cup full. He said, you don't, you don't hold back. You borrow, and you borrow big. Some of you don't know if you like that or not. Once again, we're being led and not driven, right? Because God works with movement. God works with movement, and there's times that just depending on where we're at, that God will lead you to borrow in order because that's a part. You, you, you believe, you feel like you're led to go to the bank, or you're led to borrow on this, 
And if you're led to borrow, then God is going to watch over His Word to perform it in your life to make sure that it takes you have what it takes to cover what you borrowed. So the Lord directed her to borrow, you know, once again with horses in me. I know there's been several times in my life the Lord's directed me because I wasn't at a place financially, but He's directed me to borrow the money to purchase a horse for X amount of dollars and turn it around and triple and quadruple my profit on the horse because that's just where I was at. But I borrowed in order to bring increase into my life. There's also been other times when I felt led to borrow on a certain uh, horse or something. And as I went to borrow and movement, I, I was, remember I was loping this horse around and a guy comes up um, to the fence and he's like, man, that is a nice looking horse and everything. I said, yeah, I'm just praying about it. I, I, I think I'm going to buy this horse. He said, how much is that horse? I told him how much that horse was and it wasn't hundreds, it was thousands. And he says, the Lord put on my heart, I'm supposed to buy that horse for you. But, but the point of that story is that God works with movement. Because when our faith is connected where we're at, God can bring increase to the degree of where our faith is. And if He leads us to borrow, then he, if we are obedient to that, obedient to His Word, then He is going to move on our behalf to bring the resources in to cover what we borrowed. Look at verse 7 right here. And it says, Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. The Spirit of God led her to borrow, not only to pay her debt, but to live the rest of her life because she was obedient to borrow. So God would not tell you to sin. I'm not saying be dumb. That's not giving you the freedom to be ignorant. You know where you're at, right? So remember, stay with me. Come on. I'm glad I'm growing. Everybody take a deep breath again. Remember, where are we at? Okay, either we're believing God. Okay, there's no faith. Okay, we're starting to believe God for increase. Okay, Lord, what can we believe you for? What kind of payments can we make? And I believe that God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. This is where I'm at in my faith. I can believe you for X amount to pay, make this payment. The next level of faith is to pay it off early faith. Not only am I going to make the payment, I'm believing chunks to come in to take this thing out. It used to be a 15-year note. I was going to come down in five or come down in one or come down in months. You with me? The next level is we're going to grow, we're going to sow, we're going to believe God, and it's just the goodness of God is over, going to overwhelm our life where we are blessed to Amen. be a blessing. Amen. Amen. Deuteronomy 15. Man, that clock. Did you speed the clock up back there? <laughs> You got to watch her. I think they speed it up back there. Deuteronomy 15. I'm just kidding about that. Verse 1. Look at the way the Lord looked at, at debt. And at the end of seven years, you shall grant release of debts. And this is the form of the release. Every creditor who has lent anything to his neighbor shall release it. He shall not inquire it of his neighbor or of his brother because it is called the Lord's release. Of a foreigner, you may require it. In other words, he's saying, now listen... After seven years, I don't want my people to be in debt. So if they borrowed something, they hadn't paid it back, I just want you to release it. I, 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 don't, I don't want my people, this is God's will for our life. This is a picture of God's desire that, yeah, He don't want us to be in debt. And He goes on in, in verse 3, Of a foreigner you may require it, but you shall give up your claim to what is owed by your brother, except when there be, 
except when there may be no poor among you. Notice this is God's will that there's no poor among us. For the Lord will greatly bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you to possess as an inheritance only if you carefully obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe with care all these commandments which I command you today. For the Lord your God will bless you just as he has promised you. You shall lend many nations and you shall not borrow. You shall reign over many nations, but they shall not reign over you. Once again, this is God's desire and God's will for our life. That we, we, we don't have to borrow, but we lend. But we're a work in progress, right? Let's be where we're at. Let's keep growing. Let's keep sowing. Let's keep believing God for increase. Amen? Go to Deuteronomy 28, just to the right. Let's read our inheritance. We have the blessing of Abraham, right? You've heard about being redeemed from the curse of the law, right? We are redeemed, right? Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all His commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Say, that's me. Now this is our picture right here. This is where we're headed. Verse 2, And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl, or blessed shall be your bank accounts and your savings accounts. All right. Uh, Brother Hagan told us you've got to have a storehouse before God can bless your storehouse. So if you don't have a savings account or you don't have a storehouse with the littlest amount they require you to have, open one. Start putting feet to your faith. Expecting God to increase it. Verse 6, blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord shall cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you in seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses. In other words, your bank account, your savings account, your investments account, your ministry account, your business accounts, whatever accounts you have, whatever they are, he commands the blessing on your storehouses and in all that you set your hand unto, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the people of the earth shall see that you're called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. Verse 11. And the Lord will grant you plenty, say plenty, plenty Plenty of goods and the fruit of your body, the increase of your livestock, the produce of your ground and the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens to give you rain of your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. Say all of it. You shall lend to many nations. This is your picture. Say, this is me. And you shall not borrow, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you shall be above only and not beneath if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. God's desire as we go from faith to faith, glory to glory, that He wants us to grow, He wants us to sow, He wants us to believe it in. He wants us to get to the point that, yes, we're the head and not the tail, we're above and we're not beneath, that He sets us high above all groups of people. Because of the blessing, say, I have the blessing. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22 says that blessing makes us rich and adds no trouble to it, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We're still studying our Bible. I like the Bible. Don't you? 
1 Corinthians chapter 10. Um, let's just start in uh, verse, verse 11, just for time. I'm not reading all that. It says, Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages has come. Now it's talking about the children of Israel. How they were our example. And I'm just going to kind of give a quick summary because you can see this parallels with every area of our life. And we're talking about resources and finances. So it can parallel that they were in Egypt. They were slaves. They were the borrower. They were not the lender. They were the tail and not the head. They owned nothing. They were in bondage. That's where they were. But they continued to believe God. And God delivered them from bondage. You've already been delivered from the power of darkness. Brought into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Right? Colossians chapter 1 verses 12 and 13. You're delivered from bondage. Say, I'm delivered from bondage. And He brings them through the Red Sea. And we don't have time to camp on that, but that's a form of debt cancellation. They, let's, let's go to Exodus chapter 12. I, I, I do want to, for us to see this real quick. Exodus chapter 12. They had nothing but, verse 35, Exodus 12, 35, And the Israelites did according to the word of Moses, and they urgently asked of Egyptians jewels of silver and gold and clothing. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and as, so that they gave them what they asked, and they stripped the Egyptians of those things. So they borrowed. God directed them to borrow. And borrow not just a little bit, but they borrowed the best. They borrowed the gold. They borrowed the clothes. They borrowed everything, right? And God brought them out. God led them to borrow and then brought them out because that's where they were. Psalms 105, verse 37. That's just to the right of where we're at. The reason I'm giving so many scriptures is because it's the Word, not man's opinion that changes our life. It is the Word that we want to connect our thinking to, Right? Psalms 105, verse 37, And he brought Israel forth as with silver and gold, and there was no feeble person among their tribes. God brought them out. Say, God brought them out. Is God a respecter of person? Then God's bringing us out. We've already been delivered from the power of darkness. Next you see what? The wilderness. This is a vital part in our life. That they, but God's desire was not for them to stay in wilderness. God's desire, they were delivered from Egypt. God opened up the Red Sea, right? They were, went forth on dry ground. The enemy, the people they borrowed from came after them. God released the water and canceled the debt. Right? Supernatural debt cancellation. Nobody to pay. Then they're sitting there with all this gold and all the clothes. God brought them out. Say, brought them out. And God brought them out. He can bring you and I out. Right? But we've got to be real with ourselves and realize this is where I'm at. I'm going to keep growing. I'm going to keep sowing. I'm going to keep believing God. And I'm going to go from where I'm at. And I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm the head, not the tail. It starts with a vision. You've got to get a vision. You've got to see yourself as the blessing of God making you rich right now, working on your behalf right now. You've got to see it on the inside before you have it on the outside. Got to start seeing yourself coming up, seeing yourself coming out. So they come into the wilderness, right? God's desire is that they come out of Egypt, come into wilderness, come into relationship, go possess the land. But because of their doubt and their unbelief, they circled in the wilderness 40 years and that generation died off, right? 
But the younger generation, it was vital that they learned how to believe God for their daily provision. Daily. They couldn't go possess the land until they learned how to believe God daily. And a lot of times we, we know this is what God has for us. He wants us to increase. He wants us to be a blessing. He wants this. He, he wants that. But are you believing Him for your daily provision? Remember what Jesus, how He taught us to pray? Give us this day our daily bread, our daily bread. And once you're believing God for your daily bread, then He'll increase your daily bread. Not necessarily because you have more to take care of, but there's more people that He wants to reach through you. Remember, He's not meeting your need according to your need. He's meeting your need according to His riches. So you ask Him, what can I believe for? It'll be X amount here, but you keep growing and sowing and believing God. Next month, you ask Him, what is it? And it could be up here. And then you keep growing and sowing and believing God. And then the next month, it could be, let's pay that off early because you keep growing and sowing and believing God. And the next year, look, look where you're at. You're no longer in the wilderness believing God for your daily bread, but now you're possessing the land. So you have Egypt, you have wilderness where they were believing God, quails, bread, daily, daily. Say daily. Then once they saw God as their source, once they had a revelation, God, you are my source. Not my boss, not my mom, not my dad, not my grandma and grandpa. Not my, not my business. God, you're my source. God, you're my source. God, you're my source. Joshua and Caleb, they, they saw God as their source. God, you're my source. God, you're the one who told us to go possess the land. I know there's demons all over what you've told, said is ours, but God, I know you're my source. And if you're in me and you're with me and you're for me, no one can be against me. Remember, God said, I will not, I will not, I will not leave you helpless. I will not unplug my support. I will not relax my hand. I will not, I will not. And when you begin to see God as your source, you'll begin to hear those words of him speaking directly to you. I will not leave you helpless. And that's when Joshua and Caleb, they got up and they said, okay, okay, let's go possess the land. Let's go take what is ours. Let's become who God has called us to become. It's already ours. Let's go get it. Let's go get it. They'd come from Egypt. They'd been in the wilderness. They believed God for the daily provision. And now it was about possessing what was theirs. Where are we at? Remember. First level, there's just no faith. Well, it just is what it is. And then, no, we start hearing the word, and we've been hearing the word, and hearing the word, and hearing the word, and faith comes by hearing the word. And now, what, what can we believe God for? What do we believe God for this amount to make this payment, and this amount to make this payment, and this amount to make this payment? And then the next level of faith, let's believe to get it paid off early. We're going to believe for chunks to come in, wealth to come in, increase to come in. And this whole time we're growing and we're sowing and we're believing God because we're headed somewhere. We're headed to the land that flows with milk and honey. Go with me to Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy 6 is where we're headed. This is our picture right here. What do you believe in God for? What do you believe in God for financially? What does it take for you to believe God for? What is it going to take for you every day? What's your daily bread? What is it every day? Just, just do this. Spend time. What is your daily bread? What does it take for you to function? How can you do this? Take what it, it takes for you to function all year. Break it down into 12 months. What does it take you to function each month? And what does it take you to function each week? Then what does it take you to function each day? Daily bread. What is that daily bread? 
then as you start meeting that requirement, a daily bread, you know, Brother Hagin taught us this years ago when the Lord taught him about prosperity and, and how it wasn't God holding back the resources. And he showed him how to command Satan, you take your hands off my money. Now, angels, you go to the north, south, east, and west, and you bring that increase into my life in the name of Jesus. And that is, as you hit that mark consistently, then remember God's meeting your need according to his riches, not according to your need. In other words, he's meeting it according to what you can believe him for. So now, Lord, what is it? What is it? Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, $200 a day. Well, then maybe he's, okay, you've been hitting that. You've been hitting that. You've been hitting it. Maybe it's 300, then 500, then 1,000, then 2,000, whatever it is, your daily bread. Exercise your faith. Because in order for us to go into Canaan, we've got to believe God for our daily bread first. Deuteronomy 6, verse 3. Therefore, hear, O Israel, be careful to observe that it may be well with you and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord your God of your fathers has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. Now remember, these people, they were in Egypt. They didn't have a house. They were delivered from Egypt where they didn't have a house. They didn't have anything. They had to borrow to get the clothes on their back. And they come into the wilderness. And now he says, now you're going to have your house. You're going to have your own house. Think of this, because if you've never had a house and whenever you get into a house, oh, that's a good place to be. And this is what God is saying right here. And you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house. Say my house. And when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house. Say my house. Nice. And on your gates or on your property, the word of God is saying is first place in your life because you truly do love God. You truly are after God. You truly do want all that God has for your life. He's number one. Say he's number one. He says, so the word of God is, is everywhere you look around your house, you're content and you're satisfied and you're grateful and you're appreciative. God, everything I have, it come from you. And even as they drive into your place, it's going to be the word of God that they're driving into. And he goes on and in verse 10. So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land, which he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities, which you did not build houses full of all good things, which you did not fill hone out wells, which you did not dig vineyards and olives, which you did not plant when you have eaten and are full. This is where God is taking us. Thank God is working on your behalf right now. People building stuff for you right now, digging wells for you that you haven't dug right now. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 4? He says, I'm going to send you into fields that you haven't even sown in. I'm going to send you to reap crops that you haven't even sown in. That's the day and age in which we live in. I just want to read a few scriptures. You can write them down and look at it in your own time. But for time's sake, I'm just going to read them. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 26. For the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy. Say joy. joy. But to the sinner, he gives the work of gathering and heaping up that he may give to the one who pleases God. To the sinner, he gives the work of gathering and heaping up. The sinner is working and gathering and up for who? That he may give to the one who pleases God. 
Uh, let's, let, let's read another one. Proverbs 28, verse 8. He who by charging excessive interest, who by unjust efforts to get gain, increases material possession, gathers it for him to spend, who is kind and generous to the poor. He gathers it for him. He gathers it for us because we're kind and we're generous to the poor. Job 27, verse 16 and 17. Though he heaps up silver like dust and piles up clothes like clay, he prepares it, but the just will wear it. The sinner is working for you. Yes. Proverbs 13, verse 22. A good man leaves an inheritance of moral stability and goodness to his children's children. And the wealth of the sinner finds its way eventually into the hands of the righteous for who it was laid up. The wealth of the sinner is ours. But who's first? God is first. Where are we at? We're believing God. We're growing. We're sowing. We're believing for increase. We're where we're at. We're believing God to put his super upon our natural. We're believing God to watch over his word to perform it. We're believing God. We're doing our part. God is doing his part. And we're going from just making the payment. We're going to pay it off early. And then we're stepping in to that place where we are the head and not the tail. We are above only and we're not beneath. So when you drive by these places and you know that those sinners, they are working, who are they working for? They are working for us. Amen. See, this, his, this has to come to pass before Jesus returns. Amen. And we'll get into this when we begin to talk about rest, restoration. But in Acts chapter 3, it says that the heavens are retaining Jesus until the time of complete restoration. Until what the prophets have spoken is fulfilled. And the prophets have said, restore. The prophets have said, the wealth of the wicked has to come to the righteous. The prophets have said that the, they're heaping up gold and silver and clothes for you and I to wear it, to live in it, to own it, to walk in it. But it just isn't going to happen. But we're going to grow and we're going to sow and we're going to believe and we're going to obey the word and we're going to be led and we're not going to be driven. And we're, are you with me? We're going to do our part and God is going to watch over his word to perform it. That this is a time of flourishing and it is going to be his days of heaven upon the earth. Did you get something out of the word tonight? Father, we just love you so much. And Father, I pray over the families that are represented here. I pray over the businesses. I pray over everything. Just lift your hands to, lift your hands to the Lord. Father, I pray over these hands that are lifted to you right now. And you said everything we put our hand to prospers and succeeds. Father, I ask for supernatural favor that these hands are anointed to get wealth. Everywhere they go, whatever they do, doors open up for them. Opportunity opens up for them. That, Father, we honor you with our heart, soul, mind, strength, everything that we have. And we expect that as we set our hand to what's in front of us, that we prosper supernaturally, that we increase supernaturally, that we flourish, we increase, we expand, we fly, we grow. Father, we call in the increase in the name of Jesus. I call, we set ourselves in agreement with one another right now. Now, Father, we believe that every bill is paid in the name of Jesus, in full, on time, Father, we ask that these bills are paid early. These notes are paid off early. These debts are canceled in the name of Jesus. And Father, we call in the wealth from the north, south, east, and west that people cannot deny the goodness of God in the land of the living. They can't deny the goodness of, of you in our life. And Father, we promise you the glory that we will honor you all the days of our life, that you will stay first place no matter where we go or what we do or what we have. You're first, Lord. Amen. We love you and bless you in Jesus' name.
Amen. Can we give the Lord praise, Pastor?